Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Today, we're going to do this show just a little bit different. It's going to be shorter. I'm not going to interview somebody. It's just going to be me having a little chat with you, the listener. I got some feedback from some people who listened to the show, and, and their suggestion was maybe once in a while I should do a couple of shows where I just come on and talk. And I hadn't really thought about that. My format is I interview cool entrepreneurs doing really cool things. But the feedback was some listeners said we, we don't get to know a lot about you. We'd like you to just chat. So this is a new format for me to just sit here and talk into a microphone sitting alone in my kitchen. So you got to bear with me. It's not going to be very long. I thought I would recap my year of 2014 and then share a little bit of advice on what I'm hoping to accomplish in 2015 and maybe inspire some other people to do the same thing. This is episode 33, and it's being released on New Year's Day 2015. Now, I realize some of you won't listen to this on New Year's Day. You'll listen to it a week later, a month later, heck, maybe a couple of years later. But I think the information that I'm going to talk about is good at any time because it's always good to stop, look back, and reflect. Now, episode 32, I interviewed Jerry O'Brien, and we got off onto a tangent talking about the importance of setting goals. And so most of episode 32 talks about setting goals for the new year and how do you focus on those goals? And if you have goals, how can you use them to help achieve more in your personal life and your professional life? However, one thing we really didn't talk very much about in that episode was reflecting on your progress. And that's something I try to do every year. Towards the end of the year, I try to look back on what goals did I set for this year and how am I doing? And then what is sort of the themology that is coming up again and again throughout time as I look at my business and myself and my family? And I try to reflect on that. And if, if there's areas I need to improve, I, I want to get focused on that. And if there's areas I need to stop and just be grateful, I want to do that too. So as I reflected on 2014, the word fortunate just continues to come up over and over and over. And I'm, I am grateful. I know that I'm a very fortunate guy. I, I, I have a wonderful wife and two great kids. I have some fantastic friends, many of which I, I call forever friends, which is a term I like to use for people, people who are in your life who are always going to be in your life. You're, you're really at a point where they're like family and, and nothing is going to come along that's really going to sever that friendship. I was talking to uh, one of my buddies, and he made the comment that we've been friends since the first day of college, which was over 30 years ago. And he goes, I don't remember life when you weren't one of my friends. He, he sometimes talks to his high school buddies and will include me in the conversation, you know, talking about something because he'll forget that I didn't go to high school with them because we've been friends so long. He, I've just always been part of his life and he's always been part of my life. And so we talk about the, the importance of sort of, you know, honoring those forever friends and, and people like, like him and, and some other people that are in my life really do make me feel fortunate. So as I look back on 2014, it didn't start off so great. In fact, I was a little bit of a lost soul the first few months of 2014. You see, my dad, my father, passed away in December 2013. So when I usually take the last couple of weeks of the year to set goals for the upcoming year and to, to recap and reflect the year gone by, I had other priorities last year in December. 
my father passed away just before Christmas. We have children. We all were going to get together with my brothers and my nephews and my sister-in-laws and some neighbors and family friends and cousins for a memorial service. And that was going to be in Los Angeles. And I live in Texas. And so there was a lot of sort of logistics involved around the holidays. I didn't have a lot of free time to sit down and really recap my year and plan my goals because I was otherwise occupied. And, and it was sad. Now, my dad was 99 years old. So it wasn't really a tragedy. My brother had a great saying when somebody said, oh, I, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. My brother said, well, I appreciate that. But there was no cure for 99. And it's true. He, he lived a very full life, but there wasn't, you know, he had lived out the, the entire ability to keep going and he died of old age. But I got thinking about my father and, you know, he was born in 1914 and he died just, you know, weeks away from 2014. And if you think about when he was born, that was only 11 years after the Wright brothers took flight at Kitty Hawk. So I thought about my dad a lot and, and, and the life he lived and the century that he got to see. Never in the history of man has more things happened in one lifetime than happened in his lifetime. When he was a kid, they didn't have telephones in most houses. And yet when he passed away, everybody had at least one phone in their pocket. Heck, some people have two phones in their pocket. He was a soldier in World War II. He got to see man walk on the moon. And he witnessed the changes in the way people communicate that have never been paralleled before. So his life was a celebration, and we got together and, and got to talk about all the stories of, of things that he accomplished in his life. And, you know, my brother had a really good saying. One of my brothers said, oh, to be 99 years old and have all four of your kids like you as much as we like dad. Because we didn't just love him. We liked him. We were, we were very fortunate in the fact that he was our father because he was one of the good ones. But it was still sad that he passed away. And we were out there for the memorial service. And then my family stayed through New Year's and visited with some other friends. And all of a sudden, we came back to Texas. And I had work. I had conferences I was speaking at. I had some coaching I was doing for a client. And, and all of a sudden, I looked around. And I had never set any goals. And it was April 2014. A whole quarter had gone by and I had never sat down and reflected on the previous year or set my goals for this year. So 2014 started off a little odd. I was sort of just drifting along the first few months, but the year ended up great. I was really fortunate. I ended up speaking to 64 different audiences throughout the entire year. And I was very, very fortunate in who those audiences were. Not only were they some fabulous associations and corporations who brought me into their conferences or into their uh, client or into their employee meetings to do training, but also the individual souls, the individual people who I met who were in these training classes and who were in these audiences, it seemed week after week, I just met the most amazing people and just had really good connections with them. So I loved every talk that I gave. People say, oh, you, you know, you speak over 50 times a year. You know, are there any of them that didn't go well or that you didn't like? And really, I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that the answer is no. Every single one of them meant something to me. And so my, my business continued to grow in 2014, and I'm really excited about what's going to happen in 2015. I have, I have set some really ambitious goals for this year, and I'm really excited about what's going to happen. I had a couple of milestones this year. One of them was my 30th high school reunion took place in 2014. Now, I have no idea how 30 years went by so fast, but I was really excited to actually go back to the Los Angeles area and participate in the weekend of events around the reunion. 
Now, I know a lot of people don't go to high school reunions. They, they don't want to get involved with sort of those people, and they still remember a lot of the, the, the clicks and things that went on back in those days. And in fact, some of my closest friends who lived in that area wouldn't go to the reunion. They wanted to see people, but they didn't want to actually go to the reunion. And I'm sorry that they didn't come because the evening turned out to be so fantastic. In fact, the whole weekend was really fantastic. Nobody sort of remembers sort of how we judged people back in high school. You know, at the end of the day, did, did we really know each other when we were 15, 16, 17 years old? I mean, heck, did we even know ourselves? And 30 years puts a lot of of aspects of life just totally into perspective. And so it was so much fun. We had a class of over 800 people. And while not that many came, I think about 175 actually showed up for the reunion. It was people who needed to be there. And and we were able to reconnect. In many cases, people we seemed to be meeting for the first time, but we've kept in touch since then. And for me, that was a real milestone. I, I know a lot of people don't really care about things like high school reunions, but for me, it was a real, real good thing. And again, I felt very fortunate to have grown up with so many fabulous people who've gone on to do interesting things. And it's not about monetary success. It's about their family and, and the stuff they do for philanthropy and how they look at the world. It was just it was just a nice event. And there was just a lot of a lot of smiles, a lot of laughs, maybe a couple of tears. Gosh, there were a lot of hugs. But I challenge you, if, if you have a reunion coming up in 2015 and, and you think I'm not the type of person who's going to go to my high school reunion, rethink that. Because maybe you'll walk away and say, wow, it's really the place I needed to be with the people I needed to be with. Another milestone I had this year is I I earned an industry certification called the CSP, and that is the Certified Speaking Professional. Now, some of you are going to say, I've never heard of the CSP, and, and that's probably right. Not a lot of people outside of the meetings industry know what the CSP is, but it was a a pretty nice honor to get to receive this year. It's a designation that's given out by the National Speakers Association, and I've been a real active member of NSA for the past six years, and I give a lot of credit to the association. I probably wouldn't have succeeded in growing this business and being able to support my family if I hadn't joined NSA so early in my speaking career. When I, when I started, I, I didn't really know a lot of other speakers. And one of the things I tell people when they're looking at joining the industry is I ask, how many speaker friends do you have? And they sort of look at me cockeyed like, what's a speaker friend? But it's other people who are living the life, who are fighting the fight every day. And the way I found these people is through the National Speakers Association. And they have this certification. And when I first joined, I kind of rolled my eyes like, whatever, I don't need to get the CSP. Nobody cares. It's not like you're going to get more business from it. And they're right. It's not like I get more business because I've earned the certification. And sometimes people ask me, well, you have this CSP. Do you think you're a better speaker than somebody else? Well, better is a really, really tough word because speaking is an art form, so it's subjective. Some of you might see me as the MC or the keynoter at an event and think, wow, he's fantastic. And other people might say, yeah, he's all right. And that's okay because everybody kind of has their own style. It's like painting. Some people would look at a Jackson Pollock and say, oh, it speaks to me. Other people would say it looks like a bunch of splattered paint. So it's subjective. So does having the CSP make me a better speaker? No, but it does show or it does say that I am committed to 
to the meetings industry and the profession of speaking. Because in order to earn this designation, it's not easy. You have to show certain milestones that you've accomplished things. It takes a minimum of five years in the business in order to be able to achieve or to be able to receive this certification, this designation. You have to earn a certain amount of money each year so that it shows that there's some consistency. You have to give a certain number of paid speeches over even more years to show that you've been part of the industry for a while, that you're not just a flash in the pan. Over 25 clients have to fill out a survey that rates you not only as a speaker, but how you are as a professional to work with throughout the whole process of planning their event before, during, and after. And then finally, four other people who are professional speakers need to review an unedited hour-long presentation to take a look at your platform skills and see if you're up to par. So it's not necessarily an easy thing to earn the CSP, and it is a real honor to get it. But as I said, it doesn't make me a better speaker, but it does show that I am committed to this industry. And it's true. I really, really love being a professional speaker. I like serving audiences, and I just am so fortunate for what this industry has brought to me. So that was something this year that was was really kind of uh, important to me. I set out. It takes a minimum of five years to earn it. And five and a half years ago, I set out to earn it in the minimum amount of time. And what it meant was in order to do that, I had to work really hard. And in order to do that, if I was able to meet those requirements, it meant five years later, I was going to have a sustainable business. So does it mean I'm any better? No, but it does make me feel like, wow, I've earned something special. And I do have that level of consistency in my own business that makes me feel better about what I'm doing. And when I feel better, I'm able to go out and serve my clients so much better. And another milestone this year was launching Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And if you're listening right now, I I can't say it enough how fortunate I am to have you as part of this little experiment that I started three months ago. Because when I started this podcast, I had no idea if it was going to be something I would want to stick with. I really, I really didn't know. I, I got the idea from a couple of different places. It was sort of a perfect storm of things came together with me starting this. Number one was... I've been writing a blog post almost every Friday for a couple of years called Cool Things My Friends Do. And it came about because I was tired of professional speakers and consultants who only blogged about themselves. And I was guilty of this. My own blog was just my ideas, my thoughts, my own pontifications. So I started once a week paying attention to something someone I knew, something they were doing that was really cool. And I would blog about it, and I would send it out on social media, and I would tell others. And two things came out of it. One, I loved blogging again. It was so much fun to tell other people's stories. And the other piece was I started to get more people reading my blog. The more I talked about other people, the more people wanted to read what I had to say. And it sort of re-energized me. So cool things my friends do became an important part of my blog. Another thing that came about was I was at a conference this summer and one of the speakers said, if you ever feel you're kind of on a plateau, you're looking for ways to grow your business, maybe you feel stuck or or, or just looking for what's around the next corner, his suggestion was go out and interview 50 people. If you go out and interview 50 people, you are going to be so much smarter, so much better off for whatever you learn from them. And that sort of excited me. I like to write. I like to interview people. I thought I would do it on my blog. I thought every week I would do an interview. And so in addition to cool things my friends do, I would interview an entrepreneur or a speaker or someone who was doing, you know, really exciting stuff. 
And as I started to do this, another friend, James Hahn, said, I really think you should start a podcast. He told me I had a good voice. He thought that I had enough of a, of, of a platform that people would tune in to hear what I had to say. And I wasn't really sure. And I didn't know what it took as far as like the right equipment and could I get the right sound and how do you get something on iTunes? But he kept saying I needed to turn cool things my friends do into a podcast and interview my friends. The problem was I thought, you know, I'm not famous. Who the heck cares about cool things that Tom Singer's friends do? But then I had this other thing of go out and interview 50 entrepreneurs. And the two merged together. And one night I went, oh, my gosh, it's a podcast called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And I started it. And I didn't know if anyone would listen. And all of a sudden I had really good listenership. And I was getting comments. And people were, were contacting me. And I found I really like this venue of the podcast. I love interviewing people and I love the feedback that I get from other podcasters, that I get from my guests, that I get from people who listen. And just like the person said, who said, go out and interview 50 people and you'll be better for it. I am learning so much. Plus I'll let you in on one other little secret. Having a podcast is the best networking tool I've ever seen in my life. Now, people go, wait a minute, you can't say that. You've been teaching networking for six, seven, eight years. You've written several books on it. Why in the world would you say your podcast that you've only had for three months is the best networking tool you've ever had? Well, it's because it is. I am able to reach out to so many people who I never would have been able to contact before and tell them, hey, I have this show. Would you be interested in being in it? When I meet somebody who I think is doing something cool, I have something to talk about and a reason to follow up. I also, for those of you who listen, you know that every few shows, I will actually take my recording device with me to a conference, and I, during the happy hours, I will go around and interview people about what's cool about their industry, and I'll string them all together for a single episode. That allows me to go out and talk to people at the conference that I may have never been able to approach, and what happens is when I tell people what I'm doing, that I'm creating an episode of my podcast, someone in that association will drag me around to the key people in that association and want me to interview them, and then I have a reason to follow up a week later or two weeks later when the show posts. So I have found this to be just a phenomenal tool for networking, plus the people who listen, some of them reach out to me and send me emails and we have phone calls or we talk on Skype and all of a sudden I make a new friendship. And so I have found the podcast to be such a great tool for networking, such a great tool for my own learning and hopefully those of you who listen, but also it's just another reminder of why I've been so fortunate this year. So as I get ready to sort of look to 2015, there's a lot of things I want to do. We talked in that last episode about goal setting. My goal list this year is really aggressive. And fortunately, I have some really key people who are holding me accountable to doing the work because goals aren't just wishes or dreams. I don't just put them out there and hope that they happen. In order to make these goals reality, I have to take action. And so as you're thinking towards your next year, take some time to reflect back on what were the key milestones last year. And it's not just about business because your family, your personal life, your friends, they're all part of the ecosystem that makes up your life. So, you know, talking about being fortunate, all I have to do is look around my house and, and I'm reminded of how fortunate I am. I have a great wife who is so supportive of all the stuff I do. I mean, she didn't marry an entrepreneur. I had a corporate job for the first, you know, 20 years or 18 years we were together. And when I went out on my own, I, I think it scared her that, you know, that stability of having health insurance and a steady paycheck. I don't think that's what she signed up for, that I was going to take this ride as a speaker and a consultant and a trainer. But 
she believes in me, she loves me, and she says, let's give it a try. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know, we, we could lose a lot of money and, and be set backwards, but, you know, we're hard workers, the two of us. So I think she believed that if we set our mind to it and we tried it, we had as good of a shot at doing it as, as anything else. And over the almost six years that I've been doing this as a speaker and working full time for myself, she'll tell you that I'm happier than I've ever been before. Has money been tighter? Yeah, the first few years, it was tough. But, you know, as a family, we just made the sacrifices we had to make, and I was home more often. Sometimes people looked at how much I travel, and they say, oh, you're away from your kids so much. Well, I was away a lot. However, when I'm home, I'm home. I can drive the kids to school. I can go to dinner and and stuff. When I'm home, I'm here. When I'm away, I'm away. But having a corporate job, I still traveled. And when I came back, I had to be at work from eight in the morning till six at night. So now when I'm home, I'm around the house. And then also I have these two great kids and, you know, they're ages 17 and almost 13 and they are so delightful. And and here's an interesting thing that I have discovered this year that makes me feel so fortunate. As the kids get older, it's pretty cool because you can hang out with them on a different level. I have a daughter who's getting ready to leave for college, and and it's fun when we go out to dinner as a family because, you know, when they're little, they're fidgety and they want to get home and there's TV they can watch and they have their stuff. Now, both the kids are of an age where we can talk about what's going on in their lives. The one's getting ready to leave for college, the other's getting ready for her sister to leave for college, and I think when when that happens, I think she's going to take over the family uh, because she's pretty precocious. But, uh, you know, they're both are going through big changes in their lives and we can sit around and and talk with them because they're almost adults. So I'm very fortunate to be at this stage as a parent because it is a lot of fun to, to have them. So don't forget that you're also fortunate for your personal life. And as you review your year. Don't forget to review the milestones that, that you take with your loved ones, because I think that all fits into just the whole package of what you're doing. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I hope that I've inspired you to review your year and look forward to what you want to do in the future. You know, I always say on the show that some of the best entrepreneurs are observers, and this podcast has given me an opportunity to observe a lot more people, just what I've done in the last 33 episodes. So coming into next year, I'm really excited to interview, I don't know, maybe close to 100 more people in 2015. I do the show twice a week, so some of the shows will be maybe more one-on-one shows, and I do sort of ones where I interview you know, little three-minute man on the streets. However, it'll probably get close to you know 90 people I'll interview this year, and I can't imagine what I'm going to learn and what I'm going to find when I sit down and reflect on 2015. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Start your year off by knowing where you want to go, and then at periodic points, stop and look back at what you've done. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this episode. It is my pleasure to host Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I know that I'm fortunate because of you, the listener. So now go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.